should we buy a house this year? I have a bunch of information on the housing market. I'm like a like a pit bull being held back. It's like I'm ready. I'm ready, ready to attack the attack the housing market. I want to buy something. <laughs> ready to attack the previous homeowner to give you a better price. <laughs> Bring down the value of the neighborhood. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. I want to I want to get a house. Like we have a kid and it's like and the trailer park is getting old. This was supposed to be like, we got stuck here, and then we make better choices, and then we get out of here. Right. And it feels like the trailer's getting smaller. It does. But I guess he's growing so fast. He's the size of a 10-month-old, but he's only five months old. Right. He's 20 pounds. And it's like, this trailer gets smaller every day. Yeah. I mean, with every passing hurricane, it gets less structurally sound. That's true. And as the trailer gets smaller every day, houses get more expensive. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I have a bunch of housing data that I'm going to share with you guys. And let us know your opinion. Do you think we should buy a house or do you think we should wait? Or maybe do something else, rent or something. I don't know. Like rent a house just to get out of here. I don't know. But we live in Clearwater, Florida. And the average home price in Florida right now is $390,000. Before the pandemic, January 2020, the average home price was $249,000. Mm. that's a 57% increase in prices. And that's the average. You know what that includes? What? Townhomes. Oh. Condos. Central Florida. Like middle of nowhere, Florida. That's true. It includes all of that. Panhandle, everything. We live in Tampa. Well, we live in Clearwater. The average home price in Clearwater, when you don't include condos and townhomes, $425,000. Now, that sounds more of like what I've seen on the market. Like, I haven't seen anything oh for $390,000. And we're talking about just a 3-2. Like a, basic. About a mansion. And Florida houses are kind of ugly, to be honest. Like just the generic real estate, like just kind of how it looks is like, this was not designed to be just this big popping mecca. There's a lot of small houses too, like 600 square feet. Yeah. Type houses. Like, yeah. I mean, that's not enough space for us though. Like it was designed to be cheap. Yeah. Like vacation homes and stuff. Yeah. A 600-square-foot vacation home is fine. You're going to be out all day at the beach, going out to eat, things like wow. that. Wow. $420,000. Yeah, $425,000 for the average single-family home. True. But when you include condos and townhomes, you get down to $390,000. So really, we're looking at more like $425,000. But I did the math with just $390,000 because that's the average home price. If I would have did the math with $425,000, oh, my goodness. I could oh not gosh. even imagine but anyway, so if we would have bought a house in 2020 for $249,000 at a 3.2% interest rate, okay, our monthly payment, including taxes and fees, were an estimate for them, would have been $1,500. Okay. Which is like comparable to like you say, okay, it's better to buy a house if you can because renting is going to cost you maybe $1,800 for that same setup. So you think, okay, I'm going to save up and I'm going to buy a house so I don't rent forever and put all my money into like rent, which is going nowhere. Well, yeah, we were renting a three-bedroom, two-bath house for 1800 in Hollywood, yeah. Florida before we moved here. Yeah. And we thought that was really expensive. Yeah, it really was. This it was, was 2019. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be cheaper than that. And then the last minute they like ran it up. and, But yeah, that was a lot. That was a stretch. But if you were to buy a house today for $390,000, okay. the average price, which we discussed, is really more like $425,000. With? But let's say $390,000 with a 7.18% interest rate. That's the interest rate as of tonight. Okay. You know, shooting this podcast. That's what it is. Your monthly payment would be $3,271 a month. So over double. You could have bought two houses 
in 2020 and rent it one out and have a cheaper monthly payment for two houses. Meanwhile, we have student loans coming up too. Like they yeah. really expect us to be able to pay this. Our student loans are going to be about $500 a month. So between student loans and an average price house, we'd be paying $3,700 a month. And that doesn't include electric and just Wi-Fi. What bills, in the world? Things like that. Yeah. I mean, we're getting close to $4,000 a month. And just basically rent. Like, I mean, well, rent student loans. And then in Florida, you got to consider your insurances, your electricity, your taxes. Well, this includes an estimate for taxes and insurance, which is uh, probably a low estimate. They're estimating $761 a month for taxes and insurance. What? And that's probably a low estimate. Insurance in Florida is getting pretty high. What? And then, like, in the trailer, our electricity is $350. So that's an extra, let's just call it extra thousand if it's if the insurance was that low. An extra thousand on top of. The you said thirty five hundred or something. Well, thirty two hundred includes their seven hundred and sixty one dollar estimate okay. for taxes and fees. The mortgage alone would be twenty five hundred dollars. The mortgage alone in twenty twenty would have been one thousand dollars. Which, when you add all the extra stuff, you're still talking twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars a month. But it's like that is something that people can afford. This is just un. This is just unrealistic. Yeah, when you add you know Wi Fi, electric, cell phones, just basic bills car insurance, things like that, not even including the car note, just car insurance and your basic bills yeah, that you insurance. have to pay. Health insurance, we're looking at $5,000 a month. Because for you and Jack, health insurance is $1,000 a month. I don't have health insurance because if I, we added me on, it'd be $1,500 a right. month. Health insurance plus student loans for us three would be $2,000 a month. Yeah, so that plus this, <laughs> $3,200, that's $5,200 a month and just baseline expenses. That doesn't I include couldn't. groceries. Yeah, not including groceries or not including car note, anything like God that. God forbid you, you want to do your anything fun at yeah. all. Jeez. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're looking at five thousand dollars a month just to have a roof over our head and health insurance. This is almost unbelievable. Student loans, things like that. This is like it's almost just unfathomable. But I guess a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. Jeez. But then, okay, so you think about the cost of like renting. And renting is supposed to be up, but I can't see renting costing more than $3,500 a month. Well, yeah, you would have to rent a house that someone bought back in 2020 or earlier. Because if they're buying houses now, this is going to be their monthly payment. So rent's going to be higher than that. Yeah, they couldn't afford to take all. Like, so yeah, you got to rent thing. a house from an OG landlord. Oh my goodness. And so I looked up the amortization uh, schedule for both of those loans. The $249,000 house. If you bought that with a 5% down payment, then the total amount you would pay in interest and your principal would be $368,000 over the course of 30 years. Okay. Right? The $390,000 house, if you bought that today with a 7.18% interest rate, the total amount you would pay over 30 years is $900,000. <sighs> Triple. Yeah, well, yeah. Just about. What? But, I mean, you're, you're getting close to a million dollars. For that little ugly block house that looks like it's... A shack on still what? Yeah, uh, nine hundred thousand dollars is what you're gonna pay over thirty years versus for that same average house in twenty twenty three hundred sixty eight thousand dollars. So you're paying five hundred thirty five thousand dollars more for that same house over thirty years. But the thing is, are we ever gonna return to twenty twenty prices? Probably not. So I mean, right. you could just kiss those prices goodbye. The real question is, when are interest rates going down? If they're going down, which the Fed say they're gonna go down eventually, but when? When are interest rates going down? Because I did some more math, okay? Okay. And if interest rates went down back to 3.2%, what they were in 2020, but we bought a $500,000 house, 
So that's $110,000 more than the average house today. Okay. So let's assume house prices go up, interest rates go down. Okay. So now the average house is $500,000. At a 3.2% interest rate, we would save $164,000 versus the 7.1%. So if the interest rate went down, but we bought a more expensive house, then we actually save money. Yes. The total we would pay over 30 years for that $500,000 house at 3.2% interest would be $739,000. So it's $164,000 less. So it's really not the price of the house. It's really the interest rate that's screwing us. Yeah. Mainly the interest rate. I mean, price hurts, but interest rate murders. Okay. Jeez. So it's like, dang, considering all those things, but what if interest rates don't go down and prices keep going up? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm saying, what if, what if, trying to figure out what should we do? I mean, how likely is it for the real estate market to do a 2008? Not very likely. I think you'd have to be smoking on hopium to think it's going to have a repeat of 2008. And maybe it could. Smoking on hopium. You know what I'm saying? I've never heard that before. Maybe maybe it could. Dad joke. (laughs) Maybe it could, okay? Yeah. Maybe it could crash, but I don't know. I'm not going to just... Like, that's my whole strategy for my family is, oh, it'll crash like 2008. Like, no. Dang. Maybe it will. Okay. Probably not likely. There's not that many foreclosures going on right now. So let's say, though, let's say it is what it is. Let's say it levels out and it just stays like this for a decade. Do you think it'd be better to rent at this point or just bite the bullet and buy a house? It depends on what kind of deal you find Ew, renting. I don't want to buy a house in this market. Yeah, Ew. It, it just, I hate I hate getting scammed. I hate getting screwed over. I hate when the feeling of getting something that is less valuable than what you're paying for it. Like it's, you know, if it's I love it. It's a hard pill it, to swallow. Yeah. It's like if I love it, if it's going to be really valuable to me and it's perfect, then like it doesn't bother me as much. But when it's like something I don't even want and it's really overpriced and it's just like I kind of need it, but it's like I'm settling. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you don't want to get a house. I don't want just any house, any standard three, two in Florida. They yeah. park on the grass here. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying the like, the like quality, like we come from the Midwest, we come from Missouri. And so it's cheaper just to get, you know, a decent level of living here. It's like, you got to really come with that money to get the same level of where we grew up. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And so it's like, I'm not really interested in like stressing and straining and like, you know, working as hard as possible to get a lower standard of living than it's like, I don't know. The trailer park seems not that bad when you put it in perspective, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely $5,000 a month and just baseline expenses. You're not even talking groceries. That's wild, man. I don't know. That's something we want to take on. Right. I mean, cause at the end of the day, it's like, you know, when, When times get tough, what are you willing to do to keep a roof over your head? And the sort of more affordable that roof is, the less extremes you have to go to to make ends meet. $5,000 a month. I might have to start an OnlyFans. Yeah, you (laughs) I just feel like, but I feel like, you know, side hustles like pressure washing and stuff like that. Like that was what we were, that was our main thing, but it's like. You have to do that on top of like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we weren't s- making $5,000 a month pressure wash. We weren't even close to that. But the trailer park was cheap. So it was, I mean, we were barely making ends meet, honestly. But still, it's just like, I don't know. I just start thinking of like, when you add that stress, then you start having to, you know, eat ramen noodles again. And you, you know stop what I mean? thinking straight. You stop, it's hard yeah. to think straight when you're stressed. Yeah. 
you know? And it's like, especially with health insurance, with student, it's just from all angles, modern day. Yeah, but with the pressure washing, we could have made a $1,500 house note. Like we bought yeah. a house in 2020, like we weren't going to be able to buy well, a house. We, didn't, we didn't have good tax returns. But I'm saying, yeah. let's say if we had bought a house in 2020, then we fall on hard times. We yeah. could scrap and hustle and arbitrage stuff from Facebook Marketplace and pressure wash. Right. And we could come up with $1,500 a month. Yeah. But for the $3,200 house note, I don't know if I could hustle yeah. and scrap. Because it's like if we're cleaning driveways for $99 a pop, you can only do so many driveways in a day. You know, maybe four, something like that, as just the two of us. Yeah, with traffic. So it's threes. like realistically, yeah, with the gas, with the expense and everything, you're going to end up, 1500 you can make it work. You can, you can do that. You know, but I mean, double or triple that is just like un- unreasonable. That's unfathomable. Yeah, it's insane, man. And so, but another option is you buy a house right now, refinance in five years. It, but you're banking on interest rates being low in five years. And you're thinking for five right. years you can weather that higher house note. I feel like that one is risky because for one, doesn't refinancing require you to have a lot of equity? Yeah, but I guess if the interest rates are really low, then do they let you refinance? I don't know. I'm not an expert. See, I just run the numbers. To me, that if you go that route, you're basically guessing and hoping and crossing your fingers. You're smoking on hopium again. And honestly, that sounds the scariest of all to me because you it's like you don't know what you're getting into. So how are you going? You're just like, oh, we'll make it work. That's like jumping into the middle of the ocean. Yeah, that's And just sounds, thinking a life raft is going to show up in a little bit. I don't know if I have the life in me to do that. I think it literally could kill me. And I looked at the 30-year amortization schedule. And in that first five years, let's say you refinance, refinance after five years. In that first five years, you would have paid $129,000 in interest. Dang. Yes. And then when you refinance, you're basically starting your 30 years over again. So in theory, if we rented a place for, let's say, 3000 a month for three years, then we're talking $100,000 down the drain. But if you get a house... In five years, you're talking $100,000 down the drain in interest. Yeah, $130,000. So, I mean, it's not, and it's like you don't have the mobility. You can't just downsize easily. Like, you you know, you'd have to, in theory, you could even be like underwater. You could even be negative if you, you buy it right now and then interest rates or something goes down and you try to sell it. So, in theory, it could be worse to buy a house right now. Yeah, if you buy it and then the market has a correction. Because, I mean, the housing market does go in cycles. Yeah, it's like, what part of the cycle are we in right now? Um, not a favorable one to buy. So what if yeah. we bought right now and then houses prices, let's say they retract 5 10% or something like that. And then interest rates go down. And like you were saying, we wouldn't even have equity in the house. Could we refinance? Probably right. not. We'd, we'd probably have to put another down payment down just to refinance so we can have some equity in the house. Right. Then you're just like super screwed. Like you're yeah. just like, you're super stuck. You know, then talk about you don't want to be screwed up. You don't want to like lose out. It's like if you buy a house that's overpriced and then you go to sell it and it's under, it's like valued less than what you paid. That's extra. Like, I don't even like this house. I don't even want this house. And now (laughs) I have to lose money to sell the house. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to appreciate something when you feel it's overvalued. Like you paid way too much for it. Right. So even if there was a house that we really liked, if we know we're paying an extra $535,000 compared to what we would have paid before they start printing money like crazy, I think we would like the house less. Right. But there are, I bet out there, there are houses that are just that perfect that you love it that much that it's worth it to you. But uh, I just haven't seen it. That perfect? I mean, extra. that's an extra house. <laughs> like that amount, 
is an extra house in the house. Yeah, so probably not. <laughs> but I mean, in theory, even if let's say it's a diamond in the rough, let's say it just needs a lot of work and then you put your own blood, sweat and tears into it and you make it beautiful, then I could see an extra house in the house, you know? Yeah. But you have to you would have to get it at a low price. Wait, how much does it cost to put your own blood, sweat and tears into it? Because I can't just remodel a house with blood, sweat, and tears. I need materials. Yeah, true. So not only are you paying an extra 535000 for the house, now you're adding, what, an extra fifty k to remodel? hundred k to true. remodel? Oh. But also, okay, we got to take into consideration what Fed, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said. This is what he said back in June of 2022, and I'm still waiting for this to come true. But okay, this is what he said. I'd say if you're a home buyer, somebody or a young person looking to buy a home, you need a bit of a reset. We need to get back to a place where supply and demand are back together and where inflation is down low again and mortgage rates are low again. So he's saying the housing market needs a reset. So basically supply and demand need to balance and mortgage rates need to go down. To do that, they're going to have to lower interest rates. I mean, this was over a year ago, June 2022. Hmm. Uh, Supply and demand have not balanced yet and interest rates have not gone down. So maybe it's something that he's still thinking is going to happen in the future. He later said, when I say reset, I'm not looking at a particular specific set of data. We probably in the housing market have to go through a correction to get back to a balanced market. And a difficult housing correction was already ongoing. Uh, okay, this is part quote, part article. But either way, a difficult housing correction is saying what, what we need to go through. How? Well, I mean, because... they're raising interest rates. And the thing about interest rates is they take time. There's a lag effect. Because right now, it just makes everything more expensive. But when a bunch of people who have variable financing, adjustable rate mortgages, and then corporate debt, when that comes due, their balloon payments, and they have to refinance at a higher interest rate, that's going to wreak havoc on the economy, and people are going to get laid off. And that's another thing they keep saying. They want to soften the labor market. Wait, How messed up is that, first of all? I told you guys the government is not your friend. That Soften the labor market means they want less people to be getting hired, more people to be getting laid off. And they're tinkering with the interest rates to accomplish that. So right now, the Federal Reserve is literally trying to get people to get laid off, to have a weaker uh, labor market. So basically, they don't want people able to make their payments. Well, yes, because they want inflation to go down. Where do they think these people are going to go? Like when the government or whatever, whoever powers that be, like gets you out of your house or they get you out of your job so you lose your house, where are you supposed to go? Uh, live with family, hopefully. And then who's supposed to buy your house? The people waiting? Well, I'm not saying they're trying to get foreclosures to happen, but they're trying to tame inflation. And the less buying power people have, the yeah. less they'll go out and buy, the less prices will go up and be inflated because there's less demand. So, I, I mean, I get something... what they're trying to do. Yeah, They're trying to have a Something's stable country. Get. But sometimes to have that stable country, you got to screw people over. And that's pretty much what they're trying to do. Get a bunch of people to get laid off. Now, that also is going to soften the housing market. If people get laid off and can't afford houses... Yeah. And then you have less demand, less buyers. Hmm. You know, I saw an article the other day, and I think it's from like the New York Times, but it said like 40% of homeowners don't have a mortgage modern day. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I wonder, though, if that includes like investors, you know, where people have bought cash houses. And so they technically are the owner. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know that many people that own their house outright. I don't know anybody who owns their house, and maybe they do, and then they just don't talk about it. Well, yeah. uh, Most people I know complain about their house note and property taxes and stuff. They don't own their houses in cash. Right. So I'm like, you know, if everybody's being affected by this, does no one have adjustable rate mortgages modern day? Oh, most people have fixed rate mortgages. Okay, ever since the 2008. But corporate debt, 
is usually adjustable rate. Interesting. So you have a picture once that company has to, you know, re what do you call it, refinance their debt. Yeah. And they're doing it at a higher rate. They then have to lay off. Do they lay people off? Oh, okay. Does that soften the housing market? So, so we're when you talking, raise the interest rates, it's gonna yeah. screw over companies years down the road. Like maybe yeah. next year, when some loans are coming due, balloon payments are coming due. The year after that, even more debt is coming due. The year after that. But it's like, do they keep interest rates high for two, three years for this to take effect? Yeah. So we're talking we're talking ten years down the road. Like we're talking a whole cycle that's kinda I don't know what we're talking. We're talking something we don't know. We've never experienced. Because Jerome Powell is saying if you're a young person and you're trying to buy a house, you need a reset. I don't think he's saying wait 10 years till you're not a young person anymore. Right. You know what I mean? But then cycles take years. Like, I mean, 2008 and then. Well, yeah. If you're talking 10 years, you, you'll probably see a decent housing correction within 10 years. But I don't think yeah. that's what he's talking he's about. He's saying just wait years. for it to soften. He's saying wait for these interest rate hikes to take effect. That's what I think he's saying. Interesting. And wait for us to soften the labor market and cause mass layoffs and then see what home prices look like right? after that. I'm like wondering what if he wasn't speaking in like politically correct government right. proper speak, like what would the you know layman's term for that? Like what would he say? He would say, um, we're trying to make mass layoffs happen. So wait till that happens and then people can't afford to buy houses and they're put in sticky situations where they have to sell houses because they got laid off. Oh, they'll sell it at a discount. <laughs> I think that's what he's saying. But he's saying it in PC speak. Interesting. And the people who are waiting are some of the people that are going to get laid off. So Yes. Uh, interesting. He's just like... <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Do we heed his advice? Because he's basically saying wait. But I mean, like you said, it was a year ago, June 2022. So... It's but probably going to be some years. They've been raising interest rates ever since. Yeah. So it's not like they're doing nothing, just twiddling their thumbs. They are yeah. raising the interest rates. I don't know what else they could do other than that. See, the other problem I first see happening is that you've got people now who have a house and they're at an interest rate, 3%, 4%, something like this. And then the market had this crazy, you know, 2021, whatever, the price is higher than ever. They're not going to want to get out of that interest rate and sell their house at a lower price as well to go out in the market to get a new house at a higher interest rate at a higher price than it should be worth. You're saying if there's a correction? I'm saying like when like, yeah, I'm saying there's not going to be a correction in the sense that like sellers are willing to back off of the price or the interest rate that they're already in. What if they get laid off and they can't afford their house note with the 3% interest? Right. But then if they get laid off and they have to lose their house, where are they going to go? Because if the interest rate is higher and the house is overvalued, they're going to. Are they just going to downsize? No, basically? they're going to rent. And I don't know. I don't know. You think rents will soften? Because I mean, rents are just as high. I have no clue. But we're talking about a, some kind of imaginary example. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just if you don't get really laid see. Off, hopefully you get another job. Like I don't want people to get laid off and lose their houses. Right. But that might actually happen. Because really, a lot of the corporate investor type situations where they've got hundreds of houses, that's really probably where some of the homes need to come from. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, thousands of houses. So I don't know, man. I don't know. This is not the most encouraging time to buy a house, that's for sure. Yeah, it's kind of hard times to navigate. Being so young, we haven't seen stuff like this before. No. Like we've seen several housing cycles play out, then maybe we can yeah. navigate it with a little bit more confidence. Yeah. But like in 2008, I was a junior in high school. Well, I right. guess a senior. I, I graduated in 2009. 
So at the end yeah. of 2008, I was a senior in high school. I wasn't thinking about house prices. I didn't know anything about the collapse and all that. Not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, me either. I was like a sophomore. But yeah, I mean, it's weird because it makes me think about like how back in the day, you know, people grew up or they started having their families and everything during like war times. And so maybe society was cheap and maybe, you know, the culture was more united or whatever, but then they're dealing with war and they're dealing with, you know, families being split up and stuff like that. Yeah, no, thank you. I'll take what we have. I'll, I'll deal with the extra $535,000 to buy a house. Yeah, right? I feel like the times we're dealing with are very, very different. Yeah, they're financially difficult, but uh, we're not too much concerned with getting drafted yeah. and shipped off. But we have, I feel like our generation, we have like a lot of stress, kind of like, men like mental degradation sort of stress and like purposelessness, you know? Yeah. Like I just have a lot of peers who... Don't want to ever get married. Don't want to have kids. Have never even tried to buy a house. Because, I mean, who as a single person, realistically, I would never try to buy. Oh, like, these prices as a single person? Unimaginable. Right. Like, what you, like yeah, right. These so days. So, you buy a $390,000 house as yeah. a single person? What? Right. Like, the house prices I'm used to, like, coming from St. Louis, Missouri, yeah, 150K. Right. In the ones, for sure. 200K is a really nice one. Right. You know, in a good school district. But, I mean, even in St. Louis, those prices are crazy, too, now. Yeah, my it breaks my mind to think of half a million dollars for the average house for like just everyone's house half a million dollars or more. Yeah, those hundred and fifty thousand dollar houses in St. Louis, I've looked them up on Zillow. They're looking a lot more like three hundred thousand now. Jeez, man. So yeah, I don't know, man. What do you guys think we should do? Should we bite the bullet, buy a house, hope for a refinance? Should we just wait it out, stay here as long as we can? Should we look at something alternative like a duplex or a triplex? Live in a small side of a duplex. We need more space, but we could probably stick it out. It's probably a similar size to the trailer. You know what I'm saying? Live in a small side of a duplex, rent out the other side, or a triplex, rent out the other two units yeah. to have cheaper cheaper mortgage. You know yeah. what I mean? What should we do? Or should we rent, rent? like? Or just, yeah, rent a house. Yeah. If we could find a decent deal. 